0: Welcome to the Rethinking Humanity podcast, where we dive deeper into what makes us human and what causes us to thrive. I'm Lacey Delane. I'm Sonia Larea. And we are so excited to have you guys for episode 29. We're coming at you from Atlanta, Georgia on this Memorial Day weekend. It is Friday. It's a Friday of a long weekend. That's pretty cool, man.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. People are now being able to enjoy this. I was going to show you something, Lacey.
0: Show me. Mask? Um,
1: no mask. Mine. We can now go outside without masks.
0: Yay! Yay! And I bet you money there's going to be a lot of people doing that this weekend. <laughs> um, do you have any special plans for the weekend?
1: Um, well, we have something you're going to attend. We have a birthday from one of our friends and... No, I'm just going to relax. It's gotten it's gotten hot here, <laughs> so yes. I'm trying to go out in the evening or the morning. But I'll be out, whatever, just doing stuff, just enjoying. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I guess
1: the the warm weather or the hot weather.
0: <laughs> yes, I, my my thing is like this is sort of like the official kickoff of summer, and so I'm like I'm going to be at a pool this weekend. I'm going to be at a pool multiple oh, days. I'm definitely going to do that. I mean, it's hot now. You know what I'm saying? So it is hot. It is hot. Yeah. It's yeah. time. It's time. So happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. We hope, you know, whether this matters to you or when I say matter, what I mean is whether you are aware that it's a, a, a right. holiday, do anything special for it or not, you know, hope you have a great weekend. We always hope you have a great
1: weekend. Yeah. Because we have people living, listening from all over the world. So in America, definitely. it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah.
0: That's right. They may may just be having
1: a regular weekend, so they can have fun, too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. Have fun on your regular weekend, people. (laughs) Ah, But you can tell we're in the States. We're in Atlanta, Georgia, in the States, so that's that's where we are. Our episode topic today is called Narcissism and the Need to Relate. Mm, Narcissism. We're going to talk about narcissism today, so that's going to be fun. Uh, we have some exciting things ahead, Sonia. Do you want to share any of those? Sure. Audience?
1: I'll talk about, uh, let's see, the one that I think of right now is we are going to start posting on meetup, uh, social events for rethinking humanity. So check it out. Um, a lot of, I know right now we're looking at some outdoor events and it'll just be cool to connect with people, especially now that we can be out and about. So check out meetup for yes. under rethinking humanity yes and we will put our upcoming activities on there
0: right so um uh, meetup.com if you don't have it don't know of it it's a meetup like group you know find people who are interested in the same things and do stuff with them app and so um we have decided to create one for rethinking humanity because we're going to do these social meetups where we just come and hang out with you guys. And so if you're in Atlanta, if you're close to Atlanta, if you're gonna be in Atlanta, we're gonna do this. We're planning to do this once a month. Of course, our awesome technical director is gonna be there as well, uh, Victor Ho. Um, And so that'll be fun, but we're just gonna hang out. We're gonna drink some beer or not drink beer, (laughs) whatever. Uh, And you know, just chat and chat about how we can rethink humanity or not just be together. So that's the point. We're going to have fun, Sonia. That's the point, right? That's the
1: point. And thank you for explaining Meetup because obviously not everybody knows about it. So, yeah, that makes more sense.
0: Yeah. So be be on the lookout. We're we're still in the process of finalizing everything, but be on the lookout. Our first Meetup is June the 5th at 5 p.m. That's this coming next Saturday, actually. Man, this year has gone by fast, hasn't it?
1: I know. It's going to be freaking june it's just crazy isn't that insane i I feel like it's going to be like six months from now we're going to be another i was thinking about that i'm putting away sweaters you know now uh bringing out the summer clothes short sleeves but i'm like i'm probably going to be pulling these sweaters out before i know
0: it. it's true it's true time flies but i i think it fuels uh Like it's flying faster now in the last month because everybody's just like woohoo we can do some things like we used to again you know what I mean oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so that's great the other thing we have going on we've been telling you guys about it for a minute now we're almost there guys we are redoing our logo we are redoing our (laughs) colors we are not changing anything about the content the name of the podcast is not changing but the colors the logo, those types of things, that's changing. So just a heads up, we're getting really close on that. And there's another big announcement that we're going to make in and uh, step with that that goes right along with that. We're really excited about that. So that's cool. Yep. yep. Yeah. Just be patient. <laughs> yes, just hang in there with us. The other thing that we want to invite you to do is to subscribe to us on YouTube. If you are on YouTube at all, which I'm imagining a lot of people are, um, to just kind of just go to our page and hit the subscribe button. We have, um, 59 followers right now or not followers, subscribers. That's right. And so, um, what we're wanting to do is get to 100. So we need like 41 more. And what happens when we get there is what you can do. If we get hundred subscribers, it'll be so easy for people to find us on YouTube. All they'll have to do is go to the web, go into their browser and type youtube.com slash rethinking humanity right now. It's like youtube.com slash AJ four, (laughs) nine, eight, six, something like that's not it, but it's something along those lines. And so it'll be really easy for us to say, Hey, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash rethinking humanity. So we just need 41 more people. So can you please, Follow us, subscribe. To us. Yes, we'd love to have you subscribe to us. Also, obviously, now in season two, all of our um shows are available on YouTube to watch as well um, as listen through your favorite streaming podcast. I know some people, Sonia, really like YouTube for listening to podcasts actually. So, interesting. So, that's, that's an option for us, but let's see if we can get there. Let's see if we can get there. Uh, yes. And we also have Melissa Bernstein, Sonia. She is coming yeah, on. Yeah, that's enough. We've,
1: we've talked about her a few times. And if people were listening before, we had to cancel or I mean, she had to cancel, but we rescheduled. So she's still coming and that's going to be phenomenal.
0: Yes. It's, the, the title of that is called The Power of Knowing Yourself, which that's, I'm, that's I'm just, like, I don't even need to say anything on that one. <laughs> you listen. just need her to talk. <laughs> Let me learn about that, okay? Okay, let's just all do this, okay? Last thing we need to tease before we get into content is Clubhouse. Oh, yeah,
1: Clubhouse, guys. Join us for those of you who do not know. Um, Clubhouse is not only on iPhone now, it's on Android, and you, um, so you have to get an invitation to get into Clubhouse, but once you're in there. There are tons of rooms with interesting conversations and our room is awesome. Rethinking humanity. We <laughs> we're have not a room-
0: or our room is, <laughs> we're not saying that our room is awesome because we're biased or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no,
1: but get in there. Um, we are having some good discussions, good discussions. So look for us on clubhouse.
0: So check us out on clubhouse for sure. Um, we don't have a clubhouse. We have a club. If you heard the last episode, you heard me say that. And then, <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, 8,000 years old, whatever. But uh, find us on on Clubhouse. We have a club. Um, we're going to keep opening rooms, doing pop-up rooms and fun stuff on there. So come and find us. All right. So we're going to move into our content today, which is from Eric Frome's The Stain Society. Uh, and this is a section on... Um, we've been talking about are there needs inherent needs that men humans when i say men and whenever he says men we talk about humans um that we all have and so he's beginning to to define what those are and he's starting to say yes just like if you were going to have you know a cat or some other pet you would need to know what their needs are in order for them to thrive we are similar in that we have needs and in order for us to thrive, we need to be able to have those needs met. And so we're diving into a little bit about what those needs are. So this section, he uh, talks about um, relatedness and narcissism or relatedness versus narcissism. Basically he's saying that they are two opposite poles, um, two mm-hmm. opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, but the idea is, is that we need to relate to other people in order to be sane well we'll get into more of that but mm-hmm. um yeah I want to give a little outline of kind of what he says in this whole section and then we can just t- have at it but before I do that sonia I just wonder um if there's anything you want to add before we get into this and uh, you know any initial thoughts that you know things that struck you uh, uh. In this- I think get into the outline and then I'll we'll'll okay. we'll dive into it. Cool, cool. All right, so he Fromm starts out saying in this section that man has a um, has been torn away from his primary union with nature. Um, and he is aware of his own aloneness. And when I say man again, I'm talking about humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so humans are aware of their own and our own aloneness and separateness. And that leads to a need for relatedness for union in order to retain sanity. So just a quick refresher on who Eric from is from was a psychoanalyst and a sociologist. So he's making these, um, he's making these statements from a place of experience and studying these things, but also working with people, Um, as a psychoanalyst. So he says, there's a couple of ways union can be sought through submission or domination and, or through love. And so those are three -hmm. three different ways. Um, Of course, love being the more healthy, the more actual way to be satisfied and submission and domination. We'll get into what that actually means, but those are, you know, you could call it a substitute, but they're, they're, ways to try to maintain union, but just no real connection in those situations. Um, So, you know, and then we we talk about how strong is this need to relate? Well, we can see what happens when the extreme lack of that is there. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that. So right. with that being the case, Sonia, take it away. Yeah, I'm gonna start be, yeah.
1: Sure. I, I wanted to actually just read a little paragraph and it's from the beginning Okay. It says the necessity to unite with other living beings to be related to them is an imperative need on the fulfillment of which man's sense. This need is behind all phenomena, which constitute the whole gamut of intimate human relations of all passions, which are called love in the broadest sense of the word. Mm. So this is such a paragraph to me because I think what, struck me is the necessity to unite with other living beings to be related to them is an imperative need on the fulfillment of which man depends that statement right there is yeah it's big
0: man's sanity depends on whether he can meet the need of relating Mm -hmm. himself to other people basically
1: yes and I think we we've lost sight of that um we're probably gaining that more after this pandemic is it's like the air we breathe and the mm. food we eat we are mm. needing to be related we need to be connected um i think you and i spoke about it but you know about the infants that don't get physically touched like in these yeah. orphans, they actually die so i mean that's just a basic base you know obviously connection from going into more deeper than that. But I think we are not aware of as humans, how important this relatedness is.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's quite interesting too mentioning the whole infant, you know, and not being held or not being touched because I think that's a need that goes overlooked so much more often uh, for many people than, than would be healthy. And um I mean, skin, like I was reading, I can't remember what book this was in, but this is the title of a chapter of, of a book that I heard about recently. And it's called skin is a social organ. Isn't that cool? It is cool. I mean, but the reality is, is that we are as humans, we were made to touch, to connect, mm-hmm. you know, and that is something that we need. We need that physical touch. And it's obvious because of what we're saying here about, the infant. And so that doesn't change, um, over time. I mean, the, the, I think the impact that it makes on us might change. It's not as, as strong, but it's still a need we have as adults, mm-hmm. that physical touch.
1: Yes, definitely. And I think the, mm-hmm. the relatedness, I actually read another article I didn't mention to you where people were, they're were talking to people going back into the workforce. And some of these individuals said they did not realize how important it was, even the times in their working, you know, environment, how they were able to talk to people, share food, have a conversation. Mm. They didn't have that during the time that they weren't working or, or were, were not physically at work and how lonely and how, I guess, depressed and isolated they felt. And they, they just, you know, then they started connecting the dots, even those simple interactions, of relating to another human being. Wow. Or
0: powerful. Right. Mm. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Rome also says this, even if all his physiological needs were satisfied, he would experience his state of aloneness. He's, we're talking about man here, humans. Mm-hmm. He would experience his state of aloneness and individuation as a prison from which he had to break out of. In order to retain his sanity in fact, the insane person is the one who has completely failed to establish any kind of union mm. yeah mm. that's pretty big <laughs> yes I mean the whole root of an in, of insanity is not the ability or the inability to relate that's a big deal
1: yeah that is a big deal hmm and then of course we're going to go on to I know that you um, talked about it in the outline the submission this is really interesting the submission or the domination which I think all of us can relate to. Yeah. Either either side of that, yeah.
0: So he's saying there's a need in man which is to overcome his you know, separateness, his aloneness mm-hmm. through unity. And so there are several ways in which people can find this unity or this union or or look for it. And one of the two ways is submission the other one is domination. And then the way that really we get our needs met is love. But I know that I think people, I wonder you who are listening, if you've heard the words submission and domination before and kind of like what comes to mind. And I think, I don't know, I don't know for you, Sonia, but for me, it tends to be a lot more sexual in nature. Whenever I hear those two words, that's what I think of um, the con- the sexual context but I love how he lays it out here and what he, how he helps us understand what it means. So basically, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. no, no.
1: no. I was going to say the way I would think of submission and domination is kind of more in power play in a job or in relationships, uh, you know, institutions. So that, you know, or I think of personalities, like there's a submissive personality or a mm-hmm. dominant personality. That's what I think yeah. of of those words but yeah you can go ahead and say how he kind of talks about these yeah
0: yeah i think it's cool to to hear how we all think of those words and then hear what he says and how he describes it so he says man can attempt to become one with the world by submission to a person to a group to an institution to god in this way he transcends the separateness of his individual existence by becoming part of somebody or something bigger than himself and experiences his identity in connection with the power to which he is submitted. So that's interesting. Like, okay, I, I can feel this sense of union and relatedness because I'm doing Mm -hmm. whatever this other thing outside of me says.
1: Right. Right. And I'll tell you, okay, so I can tell you right now, because I already have obviously reviewed both of these. The domination mm-hmm. one where he says, uh, another possibility of overcoming separateness lies in the opposite direction. Man can try to unite himself with the world by having power over it, by making others a part of himself and thus transcending his individual existence by not. So what I would say to you personally reading that is if I had to pick one, I would probably fall into the submissive, the submission category. But I yeah. also think our personalities that it, sometimes we can like, we could fall into submissive and domination. You know, I don't think there's like a clear line. Sure, sure.
0: Like not you're, are you saying like you don't think one person is always submissive and always right, right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Um, I would say that through the course of my lifetime, I definitely would have uh, would lean more towards a submissive side and um, other rather than the dominate dominative side whatever whatever that word is. I, I would
1: guess that women I'm just going to throw this out there would fall more into the the first category not that yeah. they couldn't fall into the dominant one but in just the way our structure culture is set up
0: yeah for sure and this is what's so interesting about this the common he says the common element in both submission and domination is the symbiotic nature of their relatedness both persons have lost their integrity and freedom. They live on each other and from each other, satisfying their craving for closeness, yet suffering from the lack of inner strength and self-reliance, which would require freedom and independence. And furthermore, constantly threatened threatened by the conscious or unconscious hostility. This is so good, which is bound to arise from the symbiotic relationship. Uh, And this doesn't ever lead to any kind of satisfaction he's saying.
1: Right. So
0: the, the thing is, is there's no individual, there's no individi- individuation. Is that a word? <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no, nobody's an individual in this situation. They're just like kind of leeching off of each other, you know, like using each other. And what I think is also very interesting. He says the person driven by any of these passions actually becomes dependent on other people. Instead of developing his own individual being, he's dependent on those whom, to whom he submits or to whom he dominates.
1: Right. And I think what's interesting on these is that more he talks about the more and more it's sought. If you're in that role, you're you're searching for more. So that's a mm-hmm. never ending. You know, you'll never win there. It's you're going to be defeated because you can't you just can't keep self. I need more. I need to be dominate more. It's it's, you'll never get that love that ultimately one is craving. Right. Right.
0: Hi, Chris Alexander. Thanks for being with us again. This is the second week in a row. He's been with us on YouTube live. Thank you. Hi, (laughs) happy Memorial day weekend. Um, yeah, so this is this, uh, domination and submission is a popular route for, Mm -hmm. Finding unity or seeking unity. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday, Sonia, when we were going through kind of how we would do the episode. I I wonder what percentage of people, I mean, I can think of a lot of people that, you know, I can see these characteristics in. And I, I'm sure, like you said, we all have a tendency to do these things in some ways, unconsciously, whatever. But I just wonder uh, what your thoughts are on like how common this submission domination Dying I think it's, it's pretty
1: common. Um, I was going to try to give some real world examples here. So mm-hmm. when you're submitting, you're having submission to a person, to group an institution, to God, I think that's extremely common. And I think that one of the ways we do that, that we give up also mm. that fear. He talks about in the beginning, that existential fear, like mm. what are we doing here? And, and what what are the rules? And how do we play by them? But if you have someone or some kind of institution or structure that is, telling you that that helps the individual feel safer like oh I have the answers I think that is is quite common I think the Mm -hmm. that we live in a culture especially with the patriarchy that um the domination is huge that's that we see all the time um and that's sort of I would say trying to control like the world like I think we're going to harness this energy we're going to you know this, we're going to do that. And that comes out as an individual or as organizations. And we're seeing where that's taken us in our climate and our structures that we're all of a sudden realizing we can't control nature. We can't dominate, you know, the right. world. And so like uh, this is where from it's very interesting because he this he's so timely because he's saying, you know, it's, it's constant like feeding of I need to do more, 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 more. And we've reached that saturation point. There's no more to do.
0: Right. Mm. That's so interesting, Sonia. And I mean, I didn't even think about it like that. But I mean, even how we submit, like, because he says to an institution, to a group, I mean, Mm -hmm. kind of a lot of how we, you know, the submission to corporations, um, how the government kind of does that in a lot of Mm -hmm. situations and like like gives all these crazy tax breaks and blah, 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 those types of submissions too. And there is an element, there's an element of control in this too. Mm-hmm. this, in the domination. Um, and it's, I think it's a, well, it's a projection of like, okay, I can't control myself. So let me see if I can control you. It's trying to, you know, get to this place of just feeling safe and secure um, in a way that just isn't going to accomplish it. So, right. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, think, I think, um,
1: go ahead. No,
0: <laughs> go ahead.
1: I know we're doing this. Um, I just think also with From's writings, one of the, the things he's doing it is we're looking at all of society, but then when it boils down to it, we're having also to look at ourselves individually. Cause I think the empowerment comes when you have, you know, more than one person start to look at this, look, you know, look at the lens on this and start to the way we operate. And then that becomes more the collective. Um, yeah. And that's, that. at least that's my vision of how you go in and how are you changing these structures? You know, the the first we have to start thinking differently. We have to start thinking saner. And if we're, we're not having these conversations, it's we fall back into what we've always done, which would probably be the submissive or the dominant.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, so that those are the the routes to kind of fulfill this union or seek this union that are not really satisfying. They don't really get the job done for what we need doesn't lead to satisfaction. And he says that the way that it does, Mm -hmm. the way that we are able to satisfy our need to unite is by love. Love is the Mm -hmm. way. I mean, that sounds kind of cheesy how I said it and like uh, cliche, but uh, he goes into, in this next little section, uh, uh, very specific details about what love is, which mm-hmm. I think is fascinating. We've actually done another episode on um, love. We did it in February of this year and we talked a lot about what from, how from defines love, the different types of love, fascinating stuff. Um, and we're going to get into that a little bit here, but I wanted to give you all a heads up, um, that you can find this in more detail in one of our previous episodes, um, from this, uh, from last season, but from this year. So, um, Sonia, you want to tell us a little bit about what he says about love?
1: Yeah. He says love is union with somebody or something outside oneself. Under the condition, this is awesome, of retaining the separateness and integrity of one's own self.
0: Yeah, that's,
1: that's a beautiful definition.
0: It um, is. That's why the domination and submission doesn't work because you're the person is not retaining their own separateness and, inte- and their integrity of their own self.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I also hmm. like that he talks about what matters is the particular particular quality of loving not the object and that loves in the experience of human solidarity with our fellow creatures um I, yeah he got, he goes on to say it is in the erotic love of man and women in the love of the mother for the child and also in the love for oneself as a human being it is in the mystical experience of union in the act of loving i am one with all, and yet i am myself a unique mortal b- human being indeed very polarity between separateness and union love is born and reborn Th- that's strong the fact he's you know and, explaining he's breaking it down but he goes back to the part that you're one with all that you difficult. A lot, a lot of us don't probably see love that way.
0: So you said, we lost you a little bit there, You said, but he goes back to, oh. um, yeah.
1: He goes back to saying, I am one with all, and yet I am myself, a unique separate human being. And I was saying, I don't think we, as human beings obviously see love that way, right? We typically, yeah. like we talked about in our other episode, the idea that both sides of that of being yeah. one with all and yet being separate.
0: Yes, that's the important ingredient. That's the thing that makes it love. You know, it's like you are you have your own self, you have your own integrity, you have your own space and yet you are a part of something else. It's like you're both and, you know, it's <laughs> both at the same time. It's pretty cool. Um he also says Uh, that love is an experience of sharing, of communion, that permits the full unfolding of one's own interactivity. What do you think he means by interactivity? Any thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think the interactivity of oneself, of internally Mm -hmm. within yourself, is how I'm interpreting that. I think that he, he tries to make love not, or talks about love not being restrictive, um, mm-hmm. Or I think we we tend to culturally see it as you know I love you or I love this or I love that, but I think he creates this idea that we love all. Like you can't. It's not really love if you're just saying you can only love one being, one person. Right. Like he actually says that. That's not. That's not really love. It's more of an attachment. You know. It's basically like he's saying loving
0: all of humanity. Yeah, I mean, it seems like maybe. When we love others, we can recognize that we're just like them. They're just like the guy next door. No matter how different we might physically look, we're really all human beings. We're all the same. And so if I can love you, then that means I can love me or better said, if I can mm-hmm. love me as a human being, which is the foundation of all loving and healthy relationships, then I can love you and if i love you and i love me that means i love all of humanity because why because we are humans we're the mm-hmm. same we're all the same we're all human beings and so he's saying if you love one person but you don't love everybody or you're not willing to see how how those two things relate you're actually not loving there's some type like you were use the word attachment is an un- unhealthy situation might be that domination and submissive um situation as well. It's right. not love. Right. And
1: just to what you're saying, I'm gonna read you a sentence. In loving, I experience I am you. You mm. the loved person. You the stranger. You mm. everything alive in the experience of love lies the only answer to being human, lies sanity.
0: Ah oh. yeah,
1: we're back to sanity.
0: Yeah there's that common theme here uh yeah. which is where you know what things help us be sane and what things are keeping us from being sane and it sounds like one of the things that keep us sane is love it's it's that mm-hmm. it's and another way to say love is meeting the need to be related meeting the need to have union excuse me meeting the need to connect with another human being mm-hmm. because from is saying if we don't have that we will go insane now i wonder if we can picture or think about something that we know to be true that might relate to that truth okay so here's what i would say about that is that i definitely have heard stories about how people who are like in prison in those like ultra isolated cells where like the only interaction they get is like when people slide the food underneath the door you know kind of thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that those people have a really hard time They're they're not in a place where it's easy for them to just be this happy, thriving person because they're locked away on their own. They don't have the connection that they need.
1: Right. And I think they know this through studies of even, you know, when you're bringing that situation up of um, crime, say that someone gets locked away for some minor crime and very young, like a younger, uh, say, adolescent, and that damages them for their lifetime because they're now isolated and they Mm -hmm. don't feel any probably compassion or attention. Mm -hmm. So to your very point, it's the punishment definitely, you know, does not necessarily fit the crime. Plus it causes a lifetime of suffering. So that's a, that's an excellent point, Lacey. Oh,
0: thanks. Well, you know, he goes on to talk about specifically Um, brotherly love, motherly love, which we go into in a lot of detail on the other uh, episode Mm -hmm. that we did uh, on love. Um, The last thing I want to say on, on love before we kind of transition to the next, the next section, which is on narcissism, is this, that he says, which is amazing. He says, productive love always implies a syndrome of attitudes, that of care, responsibility, respect, And knowledge that reminds me, Sonia, of what we discussed about bell hooks, how she said that we, you know, we, we will say, well, we love people. We love someone, but we don't treat them with care, respect, responsibility. We don't know about Mm -hmm. them. And I think that is a misnomer. And I think that happens a lot. Like people who are like, can't really stand the other person. Maybe they've been married for a long time and they haven't communicated Mm -hmm. well or effectively or healthily. And then they're like, you know, they actually really don't like each other very much, but then they're like, but, but, but we love each other. <laughs> I'm like,
1: yeah, I mean, I cool, yeah. was so funny. You picked that um, line because I was going to say that was such an awesome um, statement by Fromm that yeah. says care, responsibility, respect, and knowledge. And I agree with you. I think um, that's lacking in relationships and relationships that people, quote, unquote, love one another. Yeah, But that's not productive Um if you're, not, if you're not respecting or uh, mm-hmm. sense that care, responsibility, yeah, I. Jeez. it says, if I love, I care. That is, I'm actively concerned with the other person's growth and happiness. I am not a spectator. Wow. I and mean, that's very um, important and something that everyone could take away from, right?
0: Dude, and I mean, you, we could even go on and read this section. I actually was going to, so I'm glad you did. I am okay. responsible, he says, that is. I respond to his needs to those he can express and more so to those he cannot or does not express. Think about a mother with the baby infant. She, the baby cannot express those needs, but she's listening. She's watching. She's looking. And I think that happens in other relationships as well. So he says, love is respecting him. Um, I look at him as he is objectively and not distorted by my wishes and fears. Whoa, hello. People. <laughs> I know him. I have penetrated through his surface to the core of his being and related myself to him from my core, from the center as against the periphery, the center of my being. You gotta know yourself to really love is what That's true.
1: that is true yeah. that yeah. That is yeah. really, really true. Well, I know we have the chapter on, um, I mean, the podcast on love that we do. Um, what I do like is when he talks about, because I know we're going to get into narcissism, he does define the brotherly love, the motherly love, the erotic love. But in the motherly love, this is, I think, this is really important, I think, for families. It says to love the child and at mm. the same time to let it go oh, and to no. want to let it go. That's a big one.
0: Yeah, it's a big one. You're right, Sonia. And there's a lot, I mean, rightfully so, and sure it's a struggle for mothers everywhere. And I do see that when some mothers are unable to do that, it leads to unhealthy situations. Mm-hmm. And I was that- just going
1: to say the unhealthiness of allowing uh, a child to grow. If, you know, it's getting the message, you love the child, but at the same time, you have to let it go and want it to go.
0: Yes. Yes. And we don't mean like, you know, uh, ignoring a child when they're a child, but at a certain time, like it's the process of mothering. And he talks about this is at the beginning, they're absolutely fully dependent on you. And as time goes by, it's learning to let the child go and let them grow and be able to do things on their own learn how to do things on their own
1: right and if you think about that in your own life i mean the reality is that makes you a healthy human being if you have that dependency yeah you can't grow yep. you know you need both you can't have someone that says i don't love you you're worthless then that's you're going to carry that with you but if you have someone that's attaching not letting you go that's not helping so the ideal as from is stating is yeah. that letting go yeah. yeah.
0: So important. And it's so, I'm sure, you know, I'm not a mother, but I'm sure it's a huge challenge, a huge challenge, but those are the mothers that really are empowering their kids. The ones that are like, okay, yeah. this is my job is to facilitate your ability to do this live independently from me, not to sure. be so dependent sure. on me. Um, cool. Well, the last thing he talks about here is, um, you know, he, he talks about narcissism and how, what narcissism is, um, he says, one understands fully a human's need to be related only if one considers the outcome of the failure of any kind of relatedness. So basically what happens uh, to people if they don't relate at all? And he says that's what that is, is narcissism. Mm-hmm. And so, uh he he talks a little bit about, and I think this is quite interesting, Sonia. we talked about this uh about when a baby is born, there is this uh season um when children are you know infants and whatever primary narcissism um sure. and so it's up until what what does he say age eight As or nine
1: like eight or nine yeah exactly or seven or eight actually, yeah okay, they're, they're still eight. existing, they exist for you know they other people exist for their means of satisfaction. They don't, you know, they're still living in that narcissistic place where they're needing their food and warmth. And it's, he calls it, well, I think Freud calls
0: it primary narcissism. Yeah. Um, so that's normal. That's exactly. Healthy. Yeah. That's part of it. And when a kid hits eight or nine years old, then they can start to realize like, Oh, another person has needs and they're just as important as my own. Um, so, if the failing child, if the grow, sorry, if the growing child fails to develop the capacity for love, um, or loses it again, um, then he is basically kind of in a place where he's maybe uh, prone to uh, narcissism as an adult.
1: Yeah, it's secondary narcissism, and he, yeah. you know, he actually develops. You know, he doesn't develop the capacity for love. And it, he, they talk, call it a severe psychic pathology. And mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting because narcissism is thrown a lot around a lot in our culture. And we, we tend to think of it as being selfish, which it is. But narcissism covers a lot of ground. Um, yeah. And I think the reality that they're talking about here is that a narcissism is typically thinking of just his or her thoughts, his processes, his or her feelings and needs. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, the narcissism. And that could be covered up, you know, you don't always pick it up right away, but the narcissism, uh, you know, exists. And then they talk about the most extreme form of narcissism is to be seen in all forms of insanity. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think there's the spectrum of narcissism. and I think we sure. have a society that is quite narcissistic um, based on what, you know, we've talked about
0: Mm -hmm. that the person
1: its more of the self and what can I get for myself and what can I do for myself? And I think narcissism can be covered up because Mm -hmm. the individual appears to be that they care about you or they care about others, but there's an underlying meaning or, you know, a sub story underneath there to get what they want because that's how narcissists operate.
0: Right. Well, you know, uh, and the link to, you know, relatedness here is that, you know, the narcissistically involved person, for them, there is only one reality. And that is that of his own thought processes, his own feelings, his own needs. He experiences the world outside of him, um, not in an objective way, only hmm. in his, through the filter of his own mind. So basically, you know, the, I've heard Fromm use this example. Um, someone who's narcissist uh, or on the spectrum of narcissism might call someone and say, hey, I can see you on Tuesday at three o'clock. Can you see me on Tuesday at three o'clock? And the, they're like, no, I can't see you at Tuesday on Tuesday at three o'clock. I have blah, blah, blah happening. And the guy goes, well, yeah, but I live right around the corner and I can see you on, on Tuesday at three o'clock. I'm <laughs> going to see you on Tuesday at three o'clock. But they have no ability to understand that something outside of their own thought process and their own perception is actually, can be true. Yeah. So- the in in that way they are not able to actually relate to other people and that right there is why narcissism he says is the most uh is is seen um in all forms of insanity like narcissism really is insanity that's what it right. is
1: and and i think the key what you're saying in that story one is kind of living in your own reality not really understanding like narcissists typically lack empathy, not sympathy, empathy, but mm. they can't be empathetic. And then they create their own, their own world. As, as you were saying, like, okay, you're in my world now. And right. the interesting thing about narcissists, the other big point here to make is they don't love themselves. So yes. it's very difficult for the narcissist to feel a true love for Mm. another person or they, Mm. they might go through those motions, but it's never enough. They're, you know, they're always wanting more and more and more affirmation because the narcissist ultimately doesn't feel, you know, doesn't love him or herself. So they need, he or she needs that adulation.
0: Right. Wow. That's That's such a good point. (laughs) Okay. And so, um, only other thing I'd add here as we, uh, finish up, narcissism is the opposite pole to objectivity reason and love. So when we talk about um, being objective, love, reason, narcissism just is the opposite end of the scale there, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So yeah, the fact that that utter failure to relate oneself to the world is insanity points to the other fact that some form of relatedness is the condition for any kind of sane living. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's powerful. And I think I'd love to hear your thoughts as we finish up here, Sonia, on how that might fit into a society being insane. Uh,
1: Some form of well, I like the part of some form of relatedness. So the insanity part is, I think, the unrelatedness that we have sort of grown culturally that we don't need to be related. We can, you know, we can be with machines that we've talked about on this podcast. We can be separate where we can do things alone. We can't do anything alone. And so there's this sort of illusion that we're just these separate identities that don't, you know, entities, Not I'm sorry, not identities that don't need one another. And we have to realize that we're stronger together and that we also need that as much as, like I said earlier, that we need food, air, water, right. all of that. You know, we, we also need the relatedness. Yeah, I yeah. like the word relatedness. Um, and to your point in the beginning, the, the skin, skin being another part of our essential body
0: yeah like it's a a social organ i love that i love it yeah, if you ask single people in america if skin is a social organ <laughs> many of them would be like no <laughs> you know what i mean uh, but uh anyway so yeah that is uh narcissism and the need to be related so as we continue with this section and this topic um, we're going to talk more about what some of these needs are that From identifies in humans. Um, and so this one is the need for relatedness and union. And I wonder um, if, you know, you guys can, you know, think about whether you agree with this and what your thoughts are. And obviously you're always more than welcome to share your thoughts with us. We always want to hear but we want to thank you for being with us. Uh, we, yeah. a, we hope you have a great holiday weekend or non-holiday weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything else in closing, Sonia? Yeah. I just think this
1: is a super topic. I think a lot of people relate to narcissism and to the part of relatedness. And um, love is also a good topic. So, yeah, check us out. Uh, add any comments. Write to us. Um, watch,
0: subscribe. On subscribe. YouTube. Sorry.
1: Subscribe to us. Go to Clubhouse. Go check our meetup. We got a bunch going on. So uh, yeah, or just listen to us on your uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever yeah. podcast stream you listen to. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool.
0: Yay. Well, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time on the Rethinking Humanity podcast. Bye. Bye, guys.